Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. As a true football fan, you already know that if Tom Brady doesn't have an elite offensive line around him, he will be completely ineffective unable to move in the pocket or take hits like you all thought he could. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We are way more than halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get into the game at mybookie.ag. It's the premier place to place bets on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet, like over under how many times are the announcers going to talk about Kyler Murray being short this week? I'm putting it at four and a half. Let's take that line. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Maybe let's just bet all the teams in Ohio are going to lose because the odds are good because they usually do. Pick your locks for the week and put them together into one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. The best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. Let's double your initial deposit that you can use on all your favorite picks. If you use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer, that's promo code C H A I R to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I have only two responsibilities on this podcast, to do this desultory introduction and to hit the record button like a trained seal. For this very special midweek crossover episode, I have failed in 50% of my job. I leave it to you to guess which 50% it was. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It's December 5th, 2019. This is Tom in the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost and joining us as a very special guest. We're excited to have Ed Smith on the podcast for this special crossover episode during which we're going to talk about the upcoming Steelers-Cardinals game in Phoenix. Ed has very interesting life experiences, and importantly, it's relevant experience for the topic at hand. He was drafted by Major League Baseball, spending nine years in the minors before pivoting and joining the Atlanta Falcons as a tight end in 1997. He has since become a published author and works as a motivational speaker. What is invaluable for us tonight is that he is the co-host of the Easy Sports Talk show on 1060 AM Phoenix as well as the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast on the Believe Network. We join our podcast already in progress. One of the biggest draws for this game, and at least for, for me in particular, but for anybody who's watching it, is Kyler Murray, who obviously 
I don't know if you can even say exceeded expectations being picked so high, but he's one of those guys who, as I've watched him a little bit through the course of the season, obviously he's very small, but he has that almost Aaron Rodgers, uh, Pat Mahomes, maybe not quite the power, but that type of ability, that arm flexibility where he can flick the ball. He's just an elite thrower of the football. It doesn't matter where his feet are, whether he's on the run, uh, what type of trajectory the ball is. Then obviously we know about his running skills, um, I know that he's been banged up a little bit recently. Uh, so they said that he's going to play, but maybe you could shed some light on Kyler and how he's been this season and uh, maybe what he's going to be looking to do against the Steelers this week. Well, you know, I've been so impressed with Kyler through this, the, all through the season, actually from the first time I saw him. One, you know, as anybody was, you know, you look at him, you see he is, if you see him on television, you're not getting the justice as to how small he actually is. It's funny, you see him in person out there on the field with the linemen, it just looks like he should not belong out there. But you watch him play, man, and one of the things I've been so impressed with him is he is not one time this year, minus, you know, last week he's a little frustrated, probably going through something he's never experienced before with that beat down against the Rams. But he has never had that deer in the headlights look for me. He's always kept his poise. He's got a great ball. He he, does, he hasn't gotten frustrated. And, you know, it's, it's something I have to give him a lot of credit for. We look at a lot of young tight ends uh, around the league, and you can tell, you know, you don't even have to be there. You can tell. You look at them, and they just look. Like, they have no idea where they are and what they're supposed to be doing. He always looks poised. He always looks like he has got he has control of the situation. The one thing I would like from him is a little more take control, take command, um, and that's going to come with time, I think. You know, he still doesn't have that kind of presence where you just you fit, you picture him in a meeting room or in a huddle, you know, demanding excellence from every guy and attention to every detail. He's, you know, he's a really quiet, introverted guy. That's something he's going to have to work on. But everything else, you talked about it, Nick, the way he throws the ball and, and, and obviously he avoids the big hits. Um, you know, he is something special. A very dynamic young man. One of the things, you know, we've had a few, little trouble with uh, kind of messing with the offensive line. He does still wiggle around there a little bit, uh, you know, not always being in that landing spot, making it a little mm-hmm. tougher on the offensive line. Those guys will figure that out. And obviously there's a lot of uh, issues we're going to have to take care of with our offensive line. But as far as Kyler Murray, you know, like I said, he's done exceptionally well this year. And I've been really impressed, uh, like I said, more than anything, uh, his demeanor uh, as well as how he handles the ball and throws the ball. Right. I, I do just watching him play. It reminds me of a couple of different players. Obviously, I mentioned Rodgers and Mahomes just from the sense of being able to flick the ball like that. Yeah. But even with like, um, I remember watching Lamar Jackson in his rookie year because I watched him at Louisville and just thought, okay, here's Michael Vick is back. And then watched him the first year with the Ravens and, and thought, man, he, he doesn't look as fast as he did at Louisville. I don't know if he put on weight or whatever. And then that changed this year, <laughs> yeah. number two. So I'm sure that Kyler will probably even get faster as he goes along. But you mentioned the offensive line, and obviously I think most people know that's a little bit of a work in progress. I think they brought over Justin Pugh and got some some pieces that they're they're putting together. But uh, from what I've watched, there are plenty of occasions where Kyler just doesn't even have a chance to throw the ball. And like you mentioned, he's been really smart getting down. That's sort of a new... Uh, modern phenomenon for some of these athletic quarterbacks but has the offensive line progressed over the season or how do you think they'll hold up against a a pretty insane Pittsburgh front 
Well, you know, I'm not giving them much hope against this Pittsburgh front. We you know, and as far as holding up, we've had some decent games. We've had some games where, you know, like even this past week, they gave up six sacks to the Rams. And so all those aren't on the offensive line, as I mentioned. Sometimes Kyler, he'll, you know, spin out from somewhere or just, like I said, he, he, he'll, he finds himself in the wrong spot, you know. Uh, it's, the offensive line, man, that's something that, that takes time. And we have a bunch of, we have a, a few guys out here that are one, not what I would say top echelon offensive lineman. We didn't address right. that issue during the offseason, either through free agency or through the draft. I think I mentioned earlier, we spent our first four, three, four, five picks on everything but offensive line. Um, we, we didn't address the tackle. We didn't address the center. We, we're using basically used parts to try to get uh, a quality job done. That's just not going to work. That's something that uh, you know front office is really going to have to hammer away at this coming se- uh, off season, and it, it can't be a secondary thought. You might have to spend your first couple of picks shoring that side of the ball up because, as we know, you can have the best uh, quarterback in the world, and I equate it to having a Maserati or something like that, but if you're keeping it outside in the snow and the ice, you know, what's the use of point of having it? And that's the same goes with your quarterback. If you're going to have this young talent that can escape, can do all this, if you have an offensive line that can uh, uh, protect them and, uh, you know, give them time, then what's the point of having them? So, you know, that's something that, you know, looking at this game in particular, uh, Hayward and a couple of the guys up front, I know they got to be watching the film right now thinking I'm going to get rich on this one. So uh, that's something that's something I'm preparing to see. Yep. Okay. That, well, it's been a while since those days in Pittsburgh, since, you know, Pouncey and DeCastro and everybody got together. But Pittsburgh fans definitely know what you're talking about as far mm-hmm. as patch la- patchwork offensive line. Goes. Yeah. <laughs> so Juju's out again. Connor said he's out today. So you're really without any of the main star power. Obviously, Marquise Pouncey and the line is intact. They're coming back together. And, you know, let's be honest, budding superstar Duck Hodges, that quarterback yeah. coming in slinging the ball. But basically, though, there's um, Benny Snell had a good game last week at running back for the Steelers. But the one guy I think that the Cardinals are going to be looking at is we can't let James Washington beat us the way yeah. he beat the Browns last week with basically 30 yards a catch, essentially. And I think that between Pat P, you know, I, I, I'm not totally familiar with the rest of the secondary besides Buda Baker. I know he kind of moves around a little bit. But um, I, I would assume that would be a big part of their game plan because since Mason Rudolph has, thankfully, gone out for the Steelers, <laughs> uh, Duck has shown the ability to throw the ball downfield a little bit more, which is um, James Washington's forte. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess like you're saying, maybe they should be looking more towards the tight end, but the Steelers haven't had an ability to do that. So I'll be curious to see how I, I would think – we do think James Washington can be the next star receiver in Pittsburgh, but Pat P, just with his speed, Washington's not really a speed guy. That might be a good matchup for the Cardinals. My 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 kind of take on it, if you know, and I know they're going to want to, in my opinion, what I would think they would want to do is protect Hodges from himself. At you know, because he looks like a very competent young man, uh, not afraid to throw the ball downfield. I don't know if they necessarily want him coming in here reckless. So my, in my opinion. They're gonna. I think the Steelers will come in here with a pretty heavy run game to yeah. start things off, 
keep him settled, not put too much on his shoulders. And if they can establish that, then you open up the play action. And then you also open up taking a couple shots down deep. Um, I think that would be a, a perfect formula against what we're doing. You know, we tend – another thing to keep an eye out for, gentlemen – after last week's game, after what we did against the Rams, uh, you know, on, on our podcast earlier this week, being a former player in all kind of different locker rooms, I wonder a little bit, the end of the season is near, and players are, with four weeks to go, they're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So what happens if the Steelers come in here and jump out to an early 14, 10-point lead, whatever it is, are our Cardinals going to start – casting it in you know is it worth the fight to go out there and throw yourself around and I'm not saying give up but will that intensity be there if we fall behind and another factor man you guys travel so well and we we don't protect our home court our home field at all Uh, I talked to someone about this past week's game with the Rams they told me it was about 75-80% full in the stadium and probably a 50-50 split in terms of fans. And I know proximity, the Rams are a little closer, but right. Steelers, are, Steelers fans are everywhere. And I can imagine this stadium being, if it's 100% full, it might be a 60-40 split or even worse in right. terms of Steelers taking over. That could be a factor in terms of how much intensity we have coming out the gate and how soon we start waving the white flag. That's a really good point. I don't even know if the Rams have fans and they got people out there. Yeah. What were you going to say, Dad? Yeah, it's for, it's just from a, a layman standpoint, you know, I I would understand why there could be a letdown if it looks like the game's out of hand. On the other hand, you guys, if you're in this NFL, you're a superhuman, and there's also such intense pressure to make the team. I mean, other than you know some select stars, I guess. Mm-hmm. But isn't everybody still trying to make the team even in that milieu, or is it just like it's just been a long season? everybody's hurt and they could potentially throw in the towel. Well, Tom, when I was suited up, I knew every day could be my last day, let alone every season. So, I mean, I was one of those dudes, man. I didn't care if it was uh, practice in uh, August or the last practice in December. I mean, I was out there trying to handle my business. What happens is everybody's getting paid to do a job. Everybody is supposed to go out there and give it 100%. But if you, and I'm I'm going off some of the film that I saw last week, and I'm not saying guys give up, but you do start making business decisions. You know, guys mm-hmm. are already thinking about what's their off season is going to be like. You know, whether they feel like they have a future with the uh, uh, Cardinals or it's time for them to move on. They want to make it out of the season as healthy as possible. So if they have to go somewhere and work out, if they have to, you know, the, 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 hopefully the film from early in the season is enough for them to get a look from somebody else. But, I mean, it gets to a point where, I mean, even professional athletes, they start thinking about, well, I don't want to go into the offseason hurt. So maybe, you know, maybe instead of laying out and making that last tackle and throwing that shoulder out there, if he gets by me, he gets by me. You know, those are the type of things that happen. Like I said, and that's just and – and, and I will say this. That's not the majority of players, but they're, all it takes is one guy on every play to not – Take do his responsibility or do it, and you've got a total, uh, you know, letdown of the system. So, you know, the majority of guys are out there flying around. One of the things that I've been looking for from this Cardinals team in general, though, and I've talked about this from day one of the season, I still haven't seen that one game where every dude came out of the locker room with their hair on fire, like, man, we were going to hurt somebody today. I still haven't seen that, and 
in week 14 of the season, I don't anticipate seeing that moving forward. But and like I said, it's it's you know hopefully everybody's out there doing their job. But like I said, it will be a couple dudes, at least a couple dudes out there making those business decisions. That's that's an awesome answer. We really appreciate you being candid with that because we've asked that question before when we've talked to former players and asked it, and everyone has a different way of expressing it. But use a using the phrase the business decision. I mean, yeah. you're right. You got to think about your future and in in the point about it might only take one guy to ruin that play that way. And I think just kind of reading into what you were saying, it might not be people. Uh, trying less hard it's just maybe a lack of focus or intensity that you possess when you're really in the heat of it so that makes plenty of sense I think just yeah kind of final thoughts here wrapping up about uh how maybe you could look at the game unfolding I I think that you know Kyler if he's healthy enough to make a big play now it's almost weird saying this as a Steelers fan from the past uh 10 years because big plays came non-stop against our defense but the Steelers have been good holding uh, their own as far as that goes. Even Lamar Jackson didn't go off on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But Kyler is a supreme talent. They got a couple guys who can get downfield. If they could get up quickly, that Steelers offense just might not have enough talent to make it happen. But it is a decent matchup for the Steelers uh you know, offensively from the standpoint of that, they finally have got a little bit of the running game going. And like you said, the Steelers fans do travel well and they do travel particularly well to Arizona, at least in the past. It's rare, Mm -hmm. but they do have a fan base out there. And maybe if they can especially get that run game started. Now, they won't play action. They should, but their play (laughs) action rate's like 20% lower than the 31st ranked team with that. I wish they would, but they won't. So, yeah, I think uh, you really outlined that really well. And, um, Dad, do you have any other specific questions or anything like that? That was a really great answer on the, the motivation. Hey, Nick, you know what's right around the corner, don't you? Christmas. Oh, I know I'm going to get the old man because times have changed and you're going to benefit from it. And I know you're not in the know, so let a young man tell you how Manscaped is changing the games. I don't want to get into your mom's personal life, but even just for yourself. I know you're at the YMCA or wherever you are. Don't please, don't be one of those guys. Don't just let it hang just, oh, I don't want to paint a picture for you guys. I don't know what to say. But either way, a man should be manscaping, all right? That's what a man does these days. Keep it right. Keep it tight. You're going to feel better. And guess what? It's going to make you feel extra better. If you don't damage the goods while you're down there with sharp objects. Well, guess what? Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary nailed that word, skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag the important areas. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, Dad. I'm glad that we're finally talking about this years later. Of course, uh, you know, Manscaped is making it possible. They've got deodorants, and they've got moisturizers, and just a bunch of stuff that, you know, maybe growing up you guys didn't think about, but you're going to experience the true joy, the difference in how you feel. There's going to be a little bit of a bounce in your step. And your best part of all, there's going to be a little bounce in your wallet because you get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. That's what it says on the copy. You know, I didn't want to say to you, but we got to spell it out. Just in case anybody's out there still wondering, what is he talking about? Well, you know what I'm talking about. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Can I ask you a question unrelated to the game? Sure. I am fascinated to understand how you made the cha- the transition from baseball to football. Was, there, <laughs> was your last football game your was your last football game your senior year in like what nineteen eighty six? Well, my last football season was nineteen eighty six in in high school, and I you know I got drafted and everybody wanted me to go play football out of high school. I you know I went to uh, Penn State, uh, went took on my visits to Florida, uh, but I also baseball was my first love, so I had to mix the trips up. And everybody advised me you'll be more high profile if you go play football and every try. But baseball was my first love, so I went that route. I ended up signing my letter of intent to go to the University of North Carolina out of high school, full scholarship. They didn't chop my baseball scholarship up, and I promised them I would play some football on the side. Well, the June draft comes around in '87. White Sox draft me in the seventh round. Chased me around for a couple weeks. I kept saying no, no, no. And every time they come back with a little more money and my school mixed in to my contract, and that was something my mom told me I definitely had to have. She wasn't going to let me not get the education. So after signing with the White Sox, you know, I went, uh, spent four and a half years with them, traded to the White, or traded to the Brewers. Total of nine years playing minor league baseball. Topped out in AAA with the Indians in 95. And that was the year after the strike season. And I was one of those guys they kept trying to, the, the spring training in 95, they were trying to get me to cross the line. Uh, and I was having none of that. I signed a AAA contract with the Indians, went to camp. When camp broke, I broke with the AAA team. Uh, was leading the, the American Association in hitting, and uh, averaging home runs when the strike broke and they brought everybody back. And then I found myself on the bench for two weeks uh, before getting one at bat, and then they sent me back to double A. And that's when I kind of knew, I was like, you know what, I think I'm done with this. And the long and short of the time, I, I knew I was going to do something other than baseball after almost a decade, and I just started thinking about what, you know, the what ifs. You know, I remember when I was coming out of high school, everybody told me, and by, by, the, by the way, my brother was already in his, going into his third year, or getting ready for his third year in uh, New Orleans. My brother went to Notre Dame, uh, first round pick with the Saints in 93 uh, and I kind of called him one night from Canton, Ohio, I was double A baseball and I kind of asked him you know that crazy question, what you know you think if I got in shape I might be able to get a look and, and his words were you know anything you've ever put your mind to you've achieved it, so and not to bore you with the whole story, I went I finished that 95 season in Canton got in shape that off season ended up landing in the World League of American Football which eventually turned right. into NFL Europe in 96 I was over in Frankfurt, Germany. Had a great season there, marred by a little injury. I got hurt, but by the time I got back that uh, summer, uh, my agent was getting calls. I walked in and went into the NFL with the Redskins on the practice squad in 96. Two years with the Falcons. Went to the Super Bowl in 90 after the 98 season. Played with the uh, Eagles and Lions to finish up. And I got to play in the XFL in 2001 as well. So when it was all said and done, like I said, you, and I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version of it, but, sure. you know, it, it was, man, you talk about like a, a heck of a ride and, you know, really – putting my nose to the grind and for the first time after all those years in baseball I found myself in the right place at the right time a couple of times it made it all work and uh and I'm very proud of what I accomplished uh, through through my two careers you said I got in shape 
and then got into the NFL like you were filling up your car with gas. Like it was nothing. I mean, in shape for baseball and in shape for football, it must be just two different worlds. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I finished that baseball season and I was about I was 6'4", 215, 220, and I was considered big for a baseball player. I was a third baseman every day all through my career. A lot of my coaches would always tell me, well, one day you're going to be too big for a third. We'll probably have to move you to first. And I proved them wrong. All through my nine years, I was an everyday third baseman. But then to get in shape for football, man, I hadn't, you know, because I hadn't lifted weights like that in my entire life and done those type of drills and agility and different things. Like I said, because the last time I played football was in high school in 86. And here this was, 1996. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I, it was funny. I was working out. I came out here to Arizona, was working out six days a week. Uh, over at the ASU facility. I had some connections who helped me kind of create that. But, man, I went from 6'4", 215, 220 to 6'4", 250, 255 over that one off season. Getting, I'm, and it wasn't, I'd used no illegal substances, nothing like that. It was a whole lot of, you know, good eating and good lifting, man. <laughs> man, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. We want to thank Ed Smith of the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast. It was a fantastic episode. As you could tell from my introduction, and if you listen to the whole podcast, there were some technical glitches of which I am accountable. I apologize for that. Hopefully you got enough content to make this enjoyable. We loved it. Ed, after the podcast ended, offered to talk to us. I think Nick's going to join him on this radio show this Saturday to give a stiller perspective. And he offered to come back, which we will avail ourselves of when the opportunity is appropriate. So not only do we thank Ed, we thank you. And thanks for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost.gmail.com. Until next week, go Steelers. Thank you, Ed Smith, for joining us. Okay, bye-bye. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. 
now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.